Welcome to RSS, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Revolutionary Sports Front, Season 2, Episode 8, and Happy Black Friday, Um, a very rare nighttime friday night lights type of show uh jerry to my left joe via skype to my right tony across the table from me and uh kind of a kind of a dreary night i'm excited to be here with the fellas excited to do this show but we kind of got some some bad news to spread but um all news is news and it it must be done so uh we're gonna do it we got we got some college um the three main team uh teams the three main courses michigan msu notre dame we're going to talk some Lions, some Packers, NFL in general, the playoff picture in the NFC, maybe in a little bit of the AFC as well. But, um, yeah, there's no getting around it, man. This is no fun. We got some, we got some bad news to spread, but we'll, we'll keep it uh, as informative and as positive as possible. And we're going to start with college. And uh, I think it's only right to start with the better of the three losers, in my opinion, which is Notre Dame. I'm going to kick it over to Joe. Um, we had missed last week week's episode so some stuff happened with notre dame we'll just kind of recap that and talk about things going forward we'll jump into michigan michigan state and then we'll talk some nfl yeah, before we go to seattle i just want to note that we were all wrong about that pick and maybe that's why we didn't do a show last week you know just we were all desperately wrong well the funny thing was we made our picks for that game and we all picked notre dame to win and we're all like hey you know what happens when we all pick the same team yeah, <laughs> well we'll just we'll chalk it up as it yeah, was, was convenient was that we were all busy it was convenient we were busy last week I was definitely motherfucking all you guys after that that game, but uh, no, dude. I mean, it was, it was simply this: like, you leave my mother out of this. She's a saint. Notre Dame played their worst game of the year, and Miami played their best game of the year, and uh, it, it happened to be on the same night, and that that sucks for us. But uh, you know, we, we we beat Navy. We we kind of we kind of came back and and stole a win at home. Uh, you know, we played like crap again, but uh, you know, tomorrow night we got Stanford. And then uh, from there, who knows in college football? Because Miami uh, clearly isn't that good since they went and lost to uh, one of the worst teams in the country uh, hey, today. So hey, hey. who knows? It's all right. You be nice to the Nardogs. Why do you guys like Narduzzi? What, what, who is that guy? I don't even know who their coach is. State's old defensive coordinator. He sucks and they're joking. Oh, just just okay. go ahead, joke. Any, any, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, you know, so I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, honestly, in my in my mind, I hope I just hope that Notre Dame ends up playing around New Year's Day uh, in one of those bigger bowls. Um, there's a lot of rumor of them playing Penn State, so I think that'd be a pretty good game. Um, I would look forward to watching that one. Well, let me say this before Jared looks like he's hungry to jive in. I just want to say you just kind of chalked up the whole segment of college football when you said, "Yeah, you know, we'll see." It's like, dude, uh, there's no getting around it. That's why I kind of stumbled around a bit in the intro, but it's. Michigan and their chance to uh, to maybe prove themselves just a little bit, show a little bit of common, you know, just a little bit of integrity. They blow it. State, I mean, you know, they just they were had some flashes of greatness. We're never there. Notre Dame, we had these big hopes. Like, okay, State and Michigan are out. Let's just root for Joe. They were supposed to beat Miami. We all picked them, and they lose. And it's just like, man, we got three teams that we'd love to talk about in this show that are pretty much in the doghouse right now, man. There's a leak. 
And uh, we're trying to, you know, there's no spin in is what I'm saying. There's no spin in the narrative, oh, man. It's pretty no bad. there's no good way to spin this, and that's why this show is dedicated to, uh, it's, it's the cheapest sales day of the year, Black Friday, because they all get back in the black. We're going the cheapest shots of the year on this air. So if you hear anything a little bit uh, derogatory today, it's all in fun. We're allowed to take any cheap shots we want. We normally don't cheap shot each other. But just uh, FYI, if it gets a little nasty tonight, that's why. There's a little theme show for us. Cheap shots are welcome. And the first one I want to take is if the Penn State plays Notre Dame, you better hide every boy from 7 to about 15 years <laughs> old down wherever they're playing because you got the child molested priest and the child molesters from Penn State. We can call that the freaking Diddler's Bowl. Yeah, the, the, there will definitely be an age limit to get into that bowl game. I'd I can say guarantee that. that. Six minimum because you know some young kids, you know. They'll be checking IDs, that's for sure. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be checking IDs at the door. I mean, you got the, the Penn State coaching staffs and all the priests from Notre Dame. I mean, there'll be there'll be a lot of uh, <laughs> oh my god. I swear of, he said he was eighteen. That one. Okay, so is that the best we got? Well, or I mean, realistically, for Notre Dame, they're going to probably <laughs> play in New Year's Six with their brand and everything. If they end up beating Stanford, and that's playing in New Year's playing in the New Year's Six is uh. That's no. It seems overshadowed now because of the playoff, but that used to mean something. When State won that Cotton Bowl versus Baylor, that meant something to me as a Spartan, as an alumni. And so if you go win the New Year's Six, you're in the right direction. The problem is for Notre Dame, over the last 20 years, their best seasons end in losses in the New Year's Six Bowls, it seems like. I mean, they all, the they all suck. I mean, I, I mean there's just I, – I can't sugarcoat it. I, I'm kind of devastated, man. I'm a Michigan fan, and that 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 ended real quick as far as their hopes and dreams with their top 10 preseason ranking. And then you got State coming out. They show some signs. I would never root for they State. They were but top I'm, 10 preseason. Uh, I believe they were. Michigan? They were. They Michigan were top, was like number seven. They were top 10 preseason ranked. So the hopes – like I, I thought they were 12th. No, they were top. They were top ten. Uh, Michigan, I'm telling you on the show. When I say it, it's a fact. Tony, just just accept that. They were top ten. That ended quick. State comes out, and you know you don't like to. We don't like to see state do so well. That just kind of ended quick when they lost to um, who? Uh, Penn, Penn State or no? They beat Penn State, but they lost to Ohio State. Um, it just it just. What do you say? I mean, the best we got right now is making making jokes about priests and young kids at Penn State, and that's just that's an old old bit. It's funny. But when that's the best you got to come up with with your three favorite teams, it sucks. Old bit and young boys. Old bit, young boys. Add I'll, anything I will you say want. This, though. Add can anything I, you can want. I say Go something ahead. real quick? Go ahead. I mean, there, there's. it's amazing, though. Like, college football this year, there's a lot going on with, like, two more Saturdays to go. I mean, who knows what could happen? I mean, there, there's a million different scenarios, and it, and it all comes down to, uh, I think, Ohio State's the Big Ten's uh, Big Ten East best, best team going in. They're a two-loss team. So, I mean, it's not like Notre Dame is the only, you know, probably quality team that's got two losses this year. You're going to look at it, probably a Georgia team that, that was awesome this year. They're, they're gonna, probably going to finish the year with two losses. And then Auburn, I think, already has two losses. But they're they're a huge threat to Alabama right now. So it's, uh, it, it's kind of an odd world in college football right now where everyone, you know, just kind of happens to either be dropping a game, whether it's just a, a, ba- a bad Saturday, or they're just all kind of beating each other up. I mean, they're really, truly to me, the only real great undefeated right now is Alabama. Wisconsin's having a great year, but uh, other than Michigan, there, there hasn't been much of anyone on their schedule. So uh, we'll see what happens when Wisconsin plays someone from the East in the, in the championship game. They're going to play Ohio but, State probably. No, it's so definitely Ohio State. Oh, it definitely is Ohio State. So, okay. so it's, so it's going to be Ohio State. So, I mean, it, it, it's tough to say. If, if Wisconsin goes and, and, and pounds on Ohio State, I'd say, okay, Wisconsin's for real. But, um, you know, it, it, it's it, – 
when you when you look at a truly dominant team this year, you, you know I think Alabama right now is the only one that takes the cake. Clemson dropped one to a to a Syracuse team that's subpar, and then Miami just dropped one today to to a, a you know a not so very good uh, Pitt team. So it's it's really really curious. You know what is curious is Pitt has four times in the last twenty years beat a number three or higher rated team twice. I saw that West Virginia. They beat Clemson last year when they were ranked number two, and now they took down uh, Miami. Yeah, Miami. But going back, Wisconsin. I, I keep everybody keeps saying they haven't played anybody, but they played Iowa, who beat Ohio State, beat the shit out of Ohio State. Oh, they beat the they, shit out of Nebraska shit. today too. In the first half, some of those games are close, but Wisconsin just keeps rolling. They're a solid team. Like I said all year, they're just a solid team. They're arguably the number four team in the country. They're not going to go to the playoffs and make any noise, but they they deserve a shot at the playoff. And the fact that they're unranked when uh, Oklahoma's ranked with a loss to Iowa State, fucking Clemson lost to Syracuse, and people say, oh, they haven't played anybody. Syracuse is a nobody. Iowa State's a nobody. Yet these teams are ranked because they have these sh- shimmers of fucking glee about them. You know, if you're in a Power 5 conference and you're undefeated, that's where you get ranked. You know what I mean? It's no, and I... I, I oh, agree. With, I mean, I, I agree with you can guys, look right? at like, so many of the rankings and go, "How is this team?" Well, Especially when you look at teams' losses, like you got LSU, who's ranked like 18th right now. They lost to Troy. Yeah, they say like an early season loss to Troy is better than a late season loss to Pitt. But the fact of the matter is, what they do is they're setting it up so if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, there's no way they're not getting in. But keeping Wisconsin at five and keeping those other schools above them allows shots for a Clemson who lost to Syracuse to go. You know what I mean? Keep their narrative. They already know about the Clemson campus. It's easier work for them. They pretty much put Wisconsin there to move forward with their own uh, agenda, pretty much, I'll say. I think I think it is. Uh, it does piss me off, though, that Wisconsin's sitting at five. Like, they're undefeated. And, yes, I did, I did you know, get to the point that they, did, they haven't played. Uh, they they not, didn't necessarily play anybody. But at the same time, uh, it's about consistency, you know what I'm saying? And, and if you fall asleep for a week, uh, like Clemson did or like Miami did, uh, you're going to have that, you're gonna have that big L on your schedule. Um, you know, looking back at the year. So the, the fact that they have been able to be consistent and not fall asleep against some of the other lesser teams, then, you know, why, why aren't they ranked higher? And I, I think it is a little bit silly that Clemson get, gets to be up there and Wisconsin there's, doesn't. There's no logic in the fact that you can say, Wisconsin hasn't played anybody, yet a team who lost to Iowa State, who is a nobody in the grand scheme of things, is somehow better than them, and Wisconsin hasn't played anybody. Yeah, but they beat everybody. You know what I mean? They're not going out and playing the freaking Michigan School for the Deaf. They played the University of Michigan Fighting Wolverines, and they won handedly. You know, they dominated that And game. I would say Michigan isn't a bad team. Because when you look at Michigan's losses... about that? If you look at Michigan's losses, the... Lowest ranked team that they lost to is number sixteen, Michigan State. That's actually true. It's just the fact of the matter is that any big game, you know, they're going to show up and lose, and that's kind of then. I mean, we're going to transition to Michigan. I think Michigan's a good but not great team this year. They're above average. Good. If they were going to give an A, B, C, D, or E to them, I'd give them like a C plus. I would say nothing good about Michigan anymore. I've learned my lesson. I don't say anything good. I don't care about. You can talk about. You can pull those numbers and all that stuff, man. They've been a very big disappointment. No, the truth is they're going to lose to the four best teams they played. But where does that make them? I mean, they only beat. That makes them a four-loss team. I mean, it just—it's not the Michigan that it's supposed to be. The way they're put out to be. You know what is really depressing? In the month of October, Mark D'Antonio beat more top ten teams 
then Jim Harbaugh has his entire career. Okay, now see, I'm not. I, I said I'm not going to support them. I'm not here to throw out those kind of silly shot number two. Those silly numbers, man. It's just they all suck, man. They all suck, and who cares about that? Uh, and I mean, all, also, also, I was trying to say is, and I, I did say other than Michigan, but I mean, you mentioned Iowa. I mean, they still got five losses, man. Like that's not that's not a successful year. I'm no, just no, saying. I don't think they're successful. I'm just saying they can win. Iowa is a, a decent football team. They're probably like a C minus football team. I'm just saying. Yeah. Iowa's so I mean, away. I'm talking about playing like a bunch of B plus teams. Yeah. No. It's like great. Nebraska's four and eight. You know, what I mean, like Maryland and and some of the other, like BYU, like some of the other guys they played. It just like Michigan was the best team they played. And and like after that, I, I just don't see like yes, Iowa had the big upset at home against Ohio State, and they took they took <laughs> Penn State to the brink. But it's just it. Uh, what I was trying to say is that their schedule wasn't as strong as some other schools. But I do respect yeah, no, the I consistency totally that they're undefeated to this point. Yes, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I just don't like when national pundits who couldn't strap up a jackstrap are going to go out there and say, well, they haven't played anybody, so they should be five. They're fucking undefeated. Like, if Clemson's loss was to Bama, let's say week one, Clemson and Bama played, and Clemson lost by a field goal, the Bama's going and running the fucking table. Yes, I could see Clemson being rated higher. But when your loss is the Syracuse, Syracuse hasn't been good since Donovan McNabb was there in the 90s. That's true. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm lost. you can they say... They should be higher than five. They should be higher than five. Can we agree on that? They should be like three. Yes. Two. They should I be mean, two because Miami thing. lost. Yeah. So put the two undefeateds, one and two. Yeah, I would say, especially with Clemson ahead of them, like, who has Clemson beat that's a good team? No one. Exactly. Maybe Virginia Tech, who is 25th. And when you're saying, oh, Wisconsin hasn't beat anybody, they beat Northwestern, who they are ranked 22nd. So they're a few spots ahead. And they don't have any losses where Clemson does. That's yeah. why I never get with as this. As much as I do like cheese, fat girls, and uh, the Green Bay Packers, we got to get out of the state of Wisconsin. We moved to our last college football team we love around here, the Spartans. Um, what's right on the line tomorrow is, you know, if you lose, drop the last game to Rutgers, you put uh, – a big dart right in your freaking testicle of a good Dude, season. Dude, they're not going to lose the Ruckers, man. You're kind of putting me to sleep. I'm just, what I'm saying is, it's an important game in the sense of what you could For lose. what? Pride? I mean, yeah, that's fine. 9-3, they play in a New Year's Day Bowl. They're going to freaking probably the Outback Bowl get to take a trip, national game. They end up losing the game. They're going to drop. They're going to play in like the Sun Bowl or the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. And it's not good. It's not good uh, for the program. Everyone gets an iPhone. Let's look. Frank, what do you want to talk about, bud? Uh, there's just nothing to I said this. I said this at the beginning. No one cares about Clemson or Bama. No one cares about Clemson or Bama. I want to talk about the fucking Lions and the Packers. We're getting okay? there. All right, we'll get there. Well, okay, you will talk about your little Caesars and your iPhone pads that everyone gets and your little field trips. Go ahead. Well, You're talking about State. They're playing State Rutgers. State. They're going to win. If they don't, they suck. What do you want me to say? That's what you could have just said that in a calm tone. I'm not calm because it's pissing me off that we're talking about bullshit. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Okay, well, the fact that State was 3-9 last year, had four players kicked off the team, Three of them were stars, and three of them were for rate, and it's a lot. The program could have been, if they went three and nine again, they were going to talk so far into Antonio. This year proved Antonio can coach. There is hope there, and the work he might be the star of the future. As long as they don't get too big of heads, we got some steam rolling. We got to beat Rutgers tomorrow. We got to go win. I mean, the games tomorrow too. Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, and it'd be a lot nicer if what I said before. I don't know how many times I have to say it. It'd be a lot nicer if there was something to play for besides spoiler alert. So okay, then we got a topic there. Do you? Okay, but Mich- you can say Michigan State is playing for a 10-win season. They're playing Rutgers, man. If they don't win, they suck. If they win, they should. They'll go to a good bowl right, game, so like he said. Maybe this will get you back on topic. 
That is topic. Do you care? If Michigan wins tomorrow, Harborough said it's going to be a great season. Do you believe that? or is it just No, I don't crap? believe it. It's crap. It'd be a lucky win. I think if they squeak by, I think they're above average talent-wise, but they got a lot, a long ways to go. If they beat Har- or if they beat Ohio State tomorrow, wow, that'd be a shock. But they've, told, they've lost to Michigan State. Every rival, they've lost games they shouldn't. They, they are not good this year. It was a disappointment. They were overranked, maybe. And if they weren't overranked, then it's even more of a disappointment. That sucks. Notre Dame, I, I was, it was so bad for Michigan that I was pulling for Notre Dame. I was rooting for the thugs over at Notre Dame with Joe. I was on board for them to win. I wanted them to beat Miami, and they got blown out. I had to find out from a patient at work that they got blown out. I'm just pissed that it, there's nothing really for us as local fans to talk about besides Alabama and Clemson. And, and Wisconsin maybe being good because they haven't played anybody, man. It's just frustrating for me. You guys can talk about it all you want. I think I'm with the majority in saying it's fucking frustrating that our three good teams that we love to talk about all blew it. They all blew it. I See, I don't think State blew State it. State blew it. State's overachieving this year, for sure. Well, good. They, they well, Okay, they overachieved. Yeah. It's nope. just, it's just for me and Jerry, at least from a State and Notre Dame perspective, the last year, last year for both of us was just, definitely seasons to forget and when you get a season like a turnaround like we, we both had it's just nice to like be back in the mix you know what i'm saying like it's nice obviously Do you remember harbaugh's first season if we, if we, when it was so good to have harbaugh here and we, michigan was winning again let me let me meet you in the middle i blew up a little bit there i apologize but not really well i mean but let me just meet you in the middle real quick joe let me meet here. you in the middle i'm saying you're making a good point you just brought me right back to level but i'm saying the thing about college football is it's just it's so broad and so vague to where if you're not just so distinct in like like an Alabama or something like that, there's so much to talk about. And to me, because I'm not a, maybe I'm not a nista or a diehard with the sport, it all just sounds like ridiculous banter to me. It all just sounds NFL. I know if your team doesn't win the Super Bowl, uh, you lost. You didn't win the you didn't get a ring. It's over. With college, it's like there's so much going on, but you're it's like double talk. You're not saying anything. So I just. I get frustrated when my teams aren't a part of the double talk. Is all I'm saying. But I'm sorry, and you can say whatever you want. The floor is yours. But I just I'm done with the college stuff. I'm done. But you guys, I mean, dude, Michigan could still go to a good bowl game, man. Well, they got three three losses. That's it. Yeah, they'll probably. I mean, they beat they beat Ohio State to turn the college football world upside down. They go to a sick bowl game. Sure. Yeah, I mean the thing. I mean, dude, Frank, you're telling me tomorrow morning if Michigan beats Ohio State, you're not gonna be fucking jacked. Not really, dude. Not really. I'm Dude, you gotta be fucking shit. Me, they haven't beat him in like eight years. I, I'll get a chubby. I won't be. I won't be jacked. So you're not gonna be fully erect. I'll get. A, I'll get a little bit of a chubby. I'll be like, okay, that's class. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But I'm not. I'm not no, impressed. I actually do respect that opinion because there's a lot of Michigan fans who, to salvage this dumpster fire of a season, would say. Oh, we beat Ohio State. We got something rolling. Oh, and they're out there. You know they're out there. They'll be calling 97. Oh, we're turning around. Harbaugh just needed a couple minutes. If it didn't rain and the Penn State game was at Michigan and his little dog wouldn't have shoved his foot up his ass, he wouldn't have got fucking poop on his ass. Well, I I agree with the rain rain argument. but The rain argument is the dumbest thing. Yeah, because the Suns part of God came down and fucking made Michigan State the better team on their two touchdown drives. That's right. God, all had to blame the rain. No, but no, you're right though to stay on there. You were right there. There will if if it does happen, which it won't. It won't. I'm not going to come on here and say that there's even a chance. It's 99 to one if there's even a higher percentage, but it won't. But if there is that one little chance, there'll be people calling in saying Harbaugh's back. We're back. Here we go. We're we're ready. So I mean, in terms of for Harbaugh, it would be nice for him to win. Just he has no signature win at Michigan. 
Yeah, it would be good for him because he's got the whole the whole uh, cult with him, man. I'm not a part of that. As much of a slappy as I am, not for Michigan right now, man. I'm just not. I'm sorry. And I think I, I like I said, I, I think I'm speaking for the majority. You actually, as one sided and fanboyish as you are with the Lions, are the exact opposite way with Michigan. I can respect that. I take it for what it is, man. I call him like I see him. Were you calling but, Michigan to like win a national championship? That was, last year. that was last year. And if you want to segue a little bit towards the, what the Lions is, I trust me, I will not be a fanboy today. That's for sure. Well, just uh, just just put things in perspective, though. Last year, I think they were truly competitors. They had a large senior class. They had they had a Heisman contending player. This year, they got young again. They were. Next year, they're gonna next year they're gonna be better. Yeah. So I mean, you, you gotta you gotta keep your eyes focused forward, man. It's not like the pros where a few guys go, a few guys come back. And you still maintain a core like in college, there's just so much like unless you're Alabama, there's just so much dumping of like a class and and things like that that who who knows, man? Like who knows it's gonna happen. You have no idea how your underclassmen are gonna perform or, or freshmen coming in. It is it's just tough to know. On the on defense they lost ten seniors and that's hard super hard to replace and the expectations should have been that high, but because you have Jimmy H and it's his third year that's why people were like, "Oh, we're going to keep it rolling." I could, but I they've had a, their defense has played really well this year. They Mich- played okay. Michigan's they, done gotten, very well. They've got their situation. Cashed. I want to say to, to Joe's point though, because last year you're right, Joe. Maybe that is part of my bitterness and why I'm so uh, indignant towards them. I freaking last year they were they had real hype in my opinion. They were real. There was real hype. The, the Ohio State game happened. They had NFL talent everywhere. They lost it, and I think that you know. If you're a realist, you get deflated by that, and then you get this fake hype, and which of course you're going to buy into a little bit as a fan. If you're, you're you're telling me we're number seven in the country going in, I'm going to believe you, of course, with Jim Harbaugh and all that stuff. And then they just they let you down so bad. I understand they're going to be good next year and all that that's that nice stuff, but my legs tired from kicking the can down the road, man. It's just tired. It's just tired. Yeah. Um, to clarify, Michigan in some polls were ranked as high as nine, so in the top ten, like Frank said. And the AP had him at 11, so right outside. But some polls had him at Same thing. So I just, you yep. technically both, right? Well, that's it, man. That's all I got for that. I don't know about you guys. Well, I, I didn't mean to blow up, but I'm just, it's, I mean, it's very frustrating to me, man. College football for us is a little bit of a catastrophe. I think pros for both our teams are turning into. Um, ding, ding. You know, you got Harvey that hit Houston. What was Maria that rocked the panhandle? What do you call this up here? I thought that was Irma. In the NFC North. What are you getting at, Gerard? What's up? It's not good. The Case Keenum. It's not good. All right, so let me let me let me just start, it and you guys go because I don't. I, you know what I'm getting at. I know what you're getting at. So we two weeks ago we talked about in the show we talked about the Lions and and their easy schedule coming up. The the tough part was behind us, them, and uh, the the good parts were ahead, and that played to be true. Um, in the well, we said that the Minnesota game was. Probably one of the toughest games. Yeah, we said left. it was. We we acknowledged that it was coming up, but other than that, the, you know, we faced the Browns. Uh, I think I believe we did the show, but right before that game, we did the Browns, yes. and then we we t- uh, went into uh, to the beat. Who was it? Who we play after? I'm sorry, I'm, I lost my train of thought. The Browns after the, the Bears, Browns. and then the Bears. We go into Bears, have a sloppy performance, uh, but still come up with the win due to a shanked field goal. Then you come off of short notice and play on Thursday, which we always do. You can't can't make an excuse for that. And we lose, lose the big division game. And so that puts the Vikings pretty much a lock to win the NFC North and a bunch of teams in the hunt to be the wild card. And it sucks. 
I really, I really thought the Lions were going to go into that game and win. They started off really slow, played sloppy, like they have have against the the Browns and the Bears and a lot of games this year. And um, it was just very, very tough. They they came back a little bit like they always do, made it close, made us bite our nails, gave us hope, and they lost. So it puts the Bears or the Vikings in a, in a very favorable position and us in a very desperate one. So you know we can get into the Packers and you know, some of the Rodgers stuff, the, the speculation. Whatever you guys want to do, it's just it's it's very disappointing to come off a, a, the day after of the loss of the Lions. Uh, in my opinion, their hope of getting a playoff I game. Think, uh, you summed it up eloquently and almost perfectly. And I think you're going to put one word at just disappointing. And I you know I obviously I don't like the Lions, but there has been a little bit of culture change. The fact of the matter is the Lions won't have a three playoff first in the last five years. That's nothing to golf at. It's hard to make the playoffs in the NFL. And I know that the goal is to win a playoff game, maybe get to a conference title game, and they had all that in front of them on Thursday, and that first quarter is what lost in the game. That was essentially, Those to your point, was essentially down. a Super Bowl in their eyes. You should treat that game like a Super Bowl, and you yeah. come out and spot them by 14. Yeah, you spot them 13, and then, I mean, what upsets me is I like Matt Stafford. I don't like the Lions, but I like Stafford. And when you let Stafford actually be Stafford, he was missing some throws early, but it seems like he's a little tight. He's almost more comfortable when he's down, and it's like it doesn't matter anymore. For example, that last drive, with 30, there's 37 seconds on the clock. Most teams take a knee. He comes out, he's firing. He misses. You're talking about the first half now. End of the first half. He comes out, he fires, he misses, but then he hits Galladay in the next play on a fucking big game. Then he gets a P.I. down the field, and they keep it moving. And it's just incredible, honestly, that in those situations where he has nothing to lose, he looks just as good as any other quarterback in the league. But in the first quarter, he's overthrown wide-open guys. He missed that throw on the screen, which would have been a guaranteed six. You know, I just – it's got to be something with – everybody likes Jim Bob Cooter, but it's got to be something with the coaches that – because you can't have flashes of greatness and not be great. Well, it seems like to you said what you said. When they're desperate, they play good. If you notice in the second half, we were down. I think we, we got that momentum, which you just talked about in the first half. Uh, you know, cut the lead a little bit. They do get ball at half, which was tough. You can talk about the decision to, to, you know, people were talking about the coin flip and how we decided to take the ball first. That's a whole other topic. But um, they come out in the second half, they get scored on again. And then Jim Bob Cooter, to your point, you know, he starts handing the ball off, reverse to Golden Tate, hand the ball off out of the backfield to Golden Tate. He starts getting desperate and they're getting chunks of yards. It's like almost if they should just play like desperate if they're down all the time. I know it doesn't work that way and, and systems are complicated, but when they play desperate and tough, it's too late. It's just a little bit no, too late, a lot unless you're playing the Browns or the I Bears. Agree. You could say that sometimes when Browns, the Bears, it flies. Not in the Super Bowl. To come back on Carolina. Carolina was Jeff, definitely just in a shell because like, they're a pretty good team. Yeah, like against good but, teams, it doesn't work. Look at New Orleans. But, New Orleans, same thing. They started playing hard at the end. It was a diff- <laughs> bit different of a game. Yeah, they I bl- was just saying it was these stats. In Matt Stafford's pass, a lot of these stats. I'm agreeing with you, but in a weird way, a lot of these stats came late when they were down so big that other teams were in prevent and maybe second string players were out there. In terms of these games, these defenses are playing just as hard as it normally was. Yeah, these weren't straight. prevent cases. Yeah, Maybe New hard. Orleans, I'll give you that, but not, not these ones. No, New Orleans was – if Agnew doesn't get crazy with that punt, I think New Orleans will have to shit themselves. They could have gotten the ball there, but instead he gets crazy with the punt. Then Stafford has to do try to do something, and another ball gets tipped. But, like, that was just a great play. If Agnew just lets that ball, ball bounce to the end zone or bounce out of bounds, they're not in the one-yard line, chances are the Lions have a totally different end to that game, but – the other good thing for the Lions is there is still a shot. Last year, they did blow a three-game lead with four to play. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. That. So there is it is possible for a team with, what is there, five games left? 
Uh, yeah, there's five Six. games left for the Lions. There is a shot, and they're probably going to make it, Gerard. It's, it's not the point. I bet you the Lions, with our luck, they're probably actually going to get the wild. I think they're going to win out. Well, ponder this scenario. All you need is maybe one really bad game for Case Keenum in Atlanta or in Carolina, and then it's going to be, oh, should Bridgewater play? Should Bridgewater play? Then you get they have some, a tough schedule. You get some controversy in the They have a tough then schedule. You quarterback in, and then if Bridgewater sucks and you go back to Keenum, you know he's going to blow because his confidence is going to be shot. I think Case Keenum is G. I think what he's doing right now, he looked really shitty at first, but he's I getting think he's confident a bitch. in that pocket. He has a good offensive line, and he's receivers that are willing to do anything to catch the ball. It's a good fucking squad on offense. But all I'm saying is, all you, I mean, if I was the Lions, I'd be paying saboteurs to go to the Vikings media and start creating some stirs like, oh, Mike Zimmer said Bridgewater might get some PT this week to see what he's got. Like, you know, start some rumors, get some infighting up in Minnesota. They might blow it, and you... Honestly, should the Lions should win out? Yeah, and I mean, even if the Lions go 4-1, they're still going to finish 10-6. and six. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. I think they're going to get in. And you're looking at a spot where we could easily end up as a 5-seed playing a 4-seed, which is probably going to be either the... Oh, does the 5 play the 4, Tony? I had no idea. Hey, man, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I'm trying to help you, Tony. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, they're probably going to end up playing either the Rams or the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, the Rams, Rams are definitely an improved team this year, but you'd have a rookie quarterback in his first playoff start with the Rams, or you'd have a Seattle team who has been very up and down this year. I mean, you got... Missing, missing half their second Yeah, I was going to say, like, Richard Sherman's out, Cam Chancellor's out, and with the Lions being a passing team, I think the Lions would have a pretty good shot against a four seed if they I make the five those, seed. But he's probably gonna be a six seed. I think the Lions get in; they can play with anybody. They just need to just not get down. If they don't get down thirteen, they win that game. You you've, know? you've seen a perfect example of the Lions over the last month. If you spot shitty teams early, you got a chance to come back and fight because they are above average. They're a pretty good team. They've shown it. They've they've changed the they've changed the scope. They really have. But. Man, when you spot good teams, like you said, Carolina, New Orleans, and in this most recent case, Minnesota, who's you know only got two losses on the year. Three other five losses right there. They right there. You spot those teams those points, you can fight all you want and show all the heart you want, man. You just can't do that against good teams, and that's what they've did, and that's why they're at where they're at. Has Minnesota, in my opinion, I, I think we should have beat them yesterday. We beat them once before. We're one and one. Has my opinion, or um, has Minnesota, in my opinion, been a little bit lucky, a little bit fortunate? I think it's a little bit of a I think they're a little worse than their record shows, but hey, I think the Lions are a little Becker. Uh, Becker. I think the Lions are a little better than their record shows. So it's just that's how the game goes, man. It's a it's a very close game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Lions could. I'm not saying the Lions. Are, I called they're going to win a playoff game this year, and I still truly believe that. But they need to get their heads right. It's not a lack of talent for once. With the Lions, normally it's a lack of talent, and it's a lack of just stupid plays, buffing this. But you literally just gave him 90 seconds and gave him two touchdowns. That's what cost you this game. But if you can write the shit, if you can just start coming out and starting games well, you have a shot. Because what, Minnesota's going to be the two seed. And you got Eagles with a second year playing Carson Wentz, even though they look like the monster probably wrapping on number one. You can beat the Vikings at Vikings. You've done oh, it before. If they get in, it's a dogfight. If they get into the playoffs, I'll, I'll chalk it all up as just that was the season we're in, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump back on. But I'm just really disappointed. And I, I, I'm bummed that it was on sh- on short notice on a Thursday Thanksgiving game that they had to play their pretty much biggest game of the season as of yet. But um, that's just how the schedule goes. You knew about that all year. You knew about that going in. You can't make excuses. But um, I'm just a little disappointed. You put the word best at the beginning of this segment. I just I'm a little disappointed in them. But I still have hope. I'm not done. I'm not like I am on Michigan. I'm not done. 
I'd love to hear Joe's thoughts too. So I, I think I think one thing you got to consider too is you look at the Vikings lineup. Uh, they're very very healthy right now, and uh, who's to say in the next two weeks they don't get the injury bug? They lost their top two quarterbacks in a blooming running back in Dalvin Cook. I mean that's like three guys. I'm talking I'm talking like a few players on the defense, yeah, a couple yeah. other players on the offense. Like I mean clearly they're they're doing okay at quarterback. Uh, and, and, the, and the running back situation isn't that bad either. There's that Murray and that McKinnon guy. Uh, you know, Delvin Cook, he, I guess he's going to be a good rookie, but I'm just saying, like, three guys overall, I mean, that, that isn't necessarily the injury bug. The, the Packers have the injury bug, man. I mean, look at their, half their damn teams on IR. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in the next couple of weeks, Vikings get the injury bug, going to the playoffs. They're, they're not as healthy as they, they wanted to be. Uh, it, it hits every team pretty hard at, at a certain point in the season. It's how you recover, you know. So, uh, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. It, it could be a factor. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The thing is, every coach talks about that. Some years you have just a great team, but you just get caught up with injuries, and that's happening to Seattle. I don't think Seattle's a great team, but they're losing Sherman, Cam Chancellor. If the Vikings were to lose, per se, like an Xavier Rhodes, a lockdown corner, it's going to open up a lot of things for their defense. And then the, the reason why Case Keenum is being so successful is he knows even if he maybe throws – that as he threw Rudolph on that long touchdown, every once in a while, safety's going to come over the top and pick that. But he knows if he gives the Lions the ball on 20, his defense is probably going to show up and stop that, you know? You don't have to worry about this. And the other thing I want Yeah, to- Marvin Jones was actually the first receiver to have a 100-yard receiving game against the Vikings this year. What I wanted to say, too, was the Lions, you can rip on the offense in Stanford. That's what the local media is doing around here. But they went out and scored how many points? 23? You scored 23 football points. Or 23 points, obviously. Football. 23 football points? You score 23 points, you know, you should win the game. You can't give up 30 and expect to win, you know? No, the Lions' defense, to Tony's point earlier, was has been playing uh, really good some like a majority of the time. But it's those critical moments and those key plays that they've really given up some chunks, man. Even against the Browns, man, they were giving up uh, gashes on the run. And uh, there's just been some pretty big breakdowns. Like, if... If you really want to critique the game hard, I'm not going to get into everything because, I mean, you can watch it for yourself. But, you know, Killebrew had a pretty big missed tackle, um, you know, on the offensive Killebrew side of the ball. Just a pick by mere inches and it led to a 34-yard game. Yeah, he, the, the pick there. There's just little things that they, they play so consistent and so well. Then it's like the big ones that really fu- uh, come back to bite you in the butt. I don't like to swear too much. Yeah. But it just really screws you over. And it's not quite their fault. It's just it's it's hard to say it's not quite their fault because it shouldn't be like that because they're already spotting people points in the first place based on mistakes and game planning. But it just it puts them in a really tough spot to where they have to be so on point. And if they mess mess one thing up, it looks more disastrous disastrous than it should. If that makes sense. Yeah, the one thing I would say, even if you gave them the thirteen, I'm not trying to let them off the hook. No, no, they're not letting them off the hook. But we're keep them on that hook, but the right part of the hook. That first drive where you just got the ball ran down your throat in the second half was uncharacteristic of the whole rest of the game. That's what I'm saying. The Lions can – their mental lapses on They adjust. Field, they adjust. hope. Like, I don't – last year – Maybe Lions, they just need to tase them right before the start of the game. Last year the Lions were winning all those games, and I was like, this team isn't good. They're going to lose the last three games of the season. Now it's the opposite. Like, I knew that was going to happen. This year the Lions have are playing really good football in small stretches. They just need to put it together. So you can beat it all the way down the road, man. I just think in general, we're all on the same page to where the Lions disappointed us on Thanksgiving Day yesterday, but there is still hope. And with that hope is the wild card hunt. And with that wild card hunt comes your boy, who we have to talk about, 
um, who might be coming back in three weeks. The Packers, they got a, after they lost in that very bad performance against the Lions uh, at, uh, at home on national TV, they bounced back, and your, and your, uh, your rookie over there got a, got a win. And now there's these rumors. Do you think that there's even a glimpse of hope, or do you think it's just kind of um, smoke and mirrors? That's what the Chicago game, you know, I felt like. The win, was, right? I That's the win. Metaphor before, but. That's the win? Old uh, King Leonidas at um, Thermopylae. Oh, you know, Jesus the night before they what, lost. Did I, what did I start? There's a little bit of hope. You know, if you look at your schedule, and if you can just keep, keep it in there, maybe one game above 500 when Rodgers comes back, it's on. You know, he can win the last three games and get you that thing, but then you go and play the Baltimore Ravens and just the picks that Humley was throwing were ridiculous. Like, I get it, you got to open up the offense, but you're on the five-yard line, you throw it right to their team. You, you're scrambling out of bounds. It's a second and eight, and you throw it right to Eric Weddle's hands. I mean, you dropped a couple. It was just, I mean, no, there's no hope at all. I don't. I just don't see how the lot are. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are coming into town. Uh, or no, no, they, they got to go to Pittsburgh, even worse. Sunday Night Football, 8.30 or something like that. They got to go play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown's going to have maybe 300 yards on that secondary. I don't. There's no hope. Rodgers would have had to come back last week for the Baltimore game, but there'd be hope. The fa- fact is, I don't think he's coming back. They're 5-6 and six right now. It's three weeks out. If they're 9-5, and five, he's not going to come back and play. You know, Joe? Yeah, I, I just don't see it mattering much at that point, man. I mean, Hundley just can't really seem to get it together. There's not enough support other than you know Devonte Adams on the offensive side. They get you know um, it's it's a lot of struggles right now. And it, you know even if the offense does come alive, uh, the, the the defense has to be there, man. The defense just has not been there. Yeah. You know it's got to be one of those things where the the defense is able to stop the other team from scoring points, and they they haven't done a very good job of that. You know Clay Matthews is injured now, now and uh, it, you know it just it just it's just piling on and on this year. It's just it's one of those years where it's like, what, what is going on? Um, and, and you kind of got to just let it go, you know what I'm saying? You know, I totally agree. The thing is, if they could have – the Baltimore game, Alex Collins scored super late. So it was at what, like 16 or 17 to nothing pretty much in garbage yeah. time when he scored. So if you could have just done anything on offense and been competitive in the game and not thrown four interceptions, if you win that game, you can go out to the Steelers and lose your 6-6. Six and six, then you get Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Those are winnable games, regardless of who your quarterback is right now in the NFL. I mean, those are going to be yeah. competitive, but if you could have won those two, then you get Rodgers coming back. Admittedly, you got Carolina, Minnesota, and Detroit for those three games, and Rodgers would have to come back balling, but you could have been in it. But after this last loss to Baltimore, to answer your question, Frank, in the longest way I possibly could, and I'm sorry for that. It's okay. Uh, it's over. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I had to ask it because it is a fair point, and I get Aaron Rodgers is a <clears throat> he's a big name. Uh, probably the best name or the biggest name in the sport as far as quarterbacks go, if not any. But, um, you know, it has to be addressed, but I, I really think it's too late. You know, it was unfortunate the injury occurred in the first place as far as, you know, if you're a Packers fan, which I'm not. fortunate if you're not. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't I think it's too late. I think the wild card hunt in the NFC especially is too too deep yeah, and too, too, competitive. too competitive. And, um, you know, teams like the Lions and – and uh, Atlanta and stuff like that are going to be battling for it. So um, I just think it's a yeah, little bit too late yeah. for him to come back, especially. And if they do lose again, say they lose next week and, and even more so two in a row, you know, for your sta- uh, for your sake, as long as they do sign him again, you know, just don't don't bring him back. You know, I wouldn't bring Rodgers. I wouldn't bring him oh, back. No, no. If you lose two in a row, I wouldn't bring him back. If, I mean, why? In three weeks from now, where he's eligible to, 
Turner, yeah, just, if they've lost all three games, he's. I don't think we need to fade this week. I mean, if anybody thinks. No, that, you wouldn't. I'm just making a no, point. No, because like, no, there's people who would say, well, he's getting paid. You got to put him out there. There's no reason. No. I get if it. you want any hope of keeping him, you just don't do that. I would. I mean, if I was Rodgers, I think I've said this before, I'd probably walk away from the game right now. Get your ring. I told you my thoughts. I said he should go to Jacksonville. Oh, if I, we were talking about that with all. Uh, I brought that up with Walter today. That's exactly what I would do if I was Aaron Rodgers. Just go play. They got a defense. Just go sign for no money and win some, some titles. They got Leonard Fournette. Yeah, yep. I mean, I'd he's go to Jacksonville. He's a better person than me, but I have no problem. With I hope you didn't claim my point to Walt. You no, no, I said this is what you were talking yeah. about was him going to Jacksonville, but I told it. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's that's that. No state taxes. I mean, he's not going to. Luckily for the Packers and my uh, own fandom, but we'll see. Well, that's good, man. Um, welcome Tony back. With Tony being back, it's a perfect segue to talk about the last thing that we have to talk about for the day, which is um, an event going on here in Detroit, which Gerard, uh, Gerard might be attending, which is UFC 18. Uh, 218. UFC 218. What, is that what I said? You said UFC 18. UFC, UFC 18 was a while ago. UFC 218, to be specific. It's uh, you know Holloway versus Aldo, and it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be here. Rematch. To, rematch uh, live here in Detroit on... Saturday the December second, December second from Little Caesars from Arena. The Little Caesars Arena. So that's cool. It's going to be a great main event. You had Frankie uh, Edgar pulling out at somewhat the last minute. Um, you know, we can talk about the actual fight, which would be cool, or else just the fact that it's going to be here and Jerry's going. You know, whatever you guys want to riff about. I mean, yeah, UFC coming to Detroit again. Uh, last time they came to Detroit, they were at the Palace. I remember that. The main event was uh, Rampage Jackson and Lawyer, and Leona Machida. Okay, so, okay, cool. All right, Tony. Put the, bourbon, put the bourbon down and talk. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, it's Detroit. I think it's going to be a big event. I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but there are opens. Good chief chef, Frank. But, uh, yeah, so. As he picks it up. Jesus. <laughs> No, it's cool because that stadium needs uh, a little more hype than it's getting, you know. Nationally, it's got all this cool stuff. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a cool stadium. But it's not selling out the way they thought it would, so this can be maybe good for the stadium, get some momentum, get a different type of fan base down there, although some UFC fans are knuckle-draggers and probably belong in Stone Age. But it's going to be fun. I'm 95% going. I'm excited to see it. I heard that UFC is a really good sport to watch out live and close. I just wish maybe because it's a new dome we could have gotten a little bit better fight card personally, but I understand it. I get it. We need to show up and show out as fans to maybe get an actual uh, big fight, but it'd be nice to see uh, Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee here in Detroit. That would have been cool, but I mean, it just should be exciting. And I, um, allegedly, there was a rumor that it was almost uh, John Jones versus Stevie Miocic for the heavyweight title. That's what it was going to be if he didn't test positive. Yeah, yeah. that whole uh, positive drug test kind of derailed that well, one. Is, instead of two hundred seventy bucks for the tickets, we'd be paying fucking two thousand seven hundred dollars. No, usually uh, their their ticket prices remain pretty consistent. Well, for the few people that do that actually care about the fight, and I'm sure there is some out there, so I'll say I I do think that um, it's important to note that Jose Aldo typically. Um, doesn't take fights on short notice. However, he was the champion for over a decade, and I think that had something to do with why he didn't do that. He really wanted to take his time and be more uh, selective with his opponents, which is, you know, some might call that whack. And I tend to agree with it a little bit, but also, you know, you got to be, you know, when you're making money and you got the belt, it's important to, you know, make sure you're making the right decisions from a financial standpoint. But um, old school guys would disagree with that for sure and say just fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. 
So point being, he took this fight on short notice because he's not the champion. And if you watch the fight, the first fight between the two of them, man, it was a it was a really good fight. There was a lot of controversy because Aldo had come out that 13 second knockout from McGregor. He's done. And uh, man, I, I'll tell you what, I've watched that fight. Not only did I watch it live, but I watched it two or three more times just um, on YouTube. And Jose Aldo, despite him losing later on in the fight, man, he did not quit. There was chances for him to give up. Uh, and and uh, just kind of surrender. He fought till the very last minute, and he really, really showed. You know, there was also accusations of him being on PEDs, those Brazilians and all that stuff, and being on PEDs. And I'm, um, you know, I'm not one to to disagree with that necessarily. But he fought his ass off. It was a really, really good fight, and he showed some tremendous resilience. But at the end of the day, Holloway um, showed even more and one. So I think honestly despite Jerry's point which I agree with about the fight card not being as exciting, it is in Detroit for the first time so they're maybe testing it out but um it's going to be a really good fight. A, I think they have a pretty good fight card. I mean Well, can you before you just list off the card and bore everyone, man, can you at least talk about the fight? Did you watch it too? It's going to be a good fight is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, man. it's definitely going to be a good fight. I just went on a long <laughs> thing about the fight and come on man, Tony, well, I need I mean, you. I, I need ca- you today. I was going back to Jerry's earlier point about when he said the fight card wasn't that great, but it is a good fight card. No, I'm not saying it's a bad... See, not even worse You're spinning the... T- I'm not saying it's like a horrible fight card. I'm just saying it would have been nice... Tony's a fifth deep. fucking... Just, you know, some... If you're, you're telling me, okay, your options are John Jones versus Stevie Miocic or Holloway Aldo. Which fight are you going to pay $270 and go sit in the 14th row of yeah, that, that would be a way better fight, and you're right. Yeah, I was just saying point, they were in a dog fight. It was like, this, okay, this, but that's not how it sounded to me. Sorry, this, this main event is a good fight. That, that first fight was really good. I take anyone just take ten minutes of your life or fifteen minutes and watch it on YouTube. It was a very very good fight. I do agree with you too because uh, and Aldo showed Aldo a lot to me. Knocked out could have been like, look, I had a great career. Somebody finally stopped me. I think got a little lucky, but I I just defended my title multiple times. Like nobody can beat me for this long stretch. Time to walk away, but. He's a true warrior, and he's coming back. And I think this fight on short notice is uh, it's a step in the right direction for me and Jose Aldo because I don't like him. You know, I that's like how him. I. That's what I'm saying. It's a step yeah. in the right direction. I'm starting to warm up to him because he. What he are you also, guys supposed to hang out tomorrow night? No, or he no. He also like, you, you gotta settle a quarrel. Like. No, relax. He, first of all, he was always to me. I never liked him, Joe. I, I'm telling you, I never liked him. I know it's just funny the way Jerry said it. He's like, it's a big step ahead. Well, it sounds like, like they're having Aldo, sushi. Like, like there's like actual relationship there or something. <laughs> They're having sushi tomorrow night. But uh, no, Aldo. Uh, Why don't you move to Chicago? Aldo, he, uh, he's always just been kind of a, struck me as arrogant. So he's, uh, yeah. you know, getting, he got knocked out. I think that humbled him a little bit. Even then he was like, it was lucky. But when he had that fight against Holloway, like I said, it was a war. He just got outclassed. He got beat, but he went out with his chamber empty. And, um, and I think that really humbled him. Because even after the fight, if you, you follow the storyline of the fight, he just said, look, man, he was the better guy. I tried my best, and he's the real champion. He even discounted McGregor, maybe for promoting himself, but he said, that's the real champion right there. He beat me fair and square, and I think that says a lot about his character, and I think he wants to redeem it. So this is a true example of a redemption fight and a guy who, you know, he was, I mean, call him shady, call him arrogant like I just did, but he was a champion for a decade, yeah, man. Yeah, he's he had a that great bat- fighter. He became, after 10 years, I haven't done anything consistently for 10 years very much besides breathe. So for 10 years to hold a, <laughs> behold, to hold a belt, to hold a belt for 10 years, you get used to that. I don't think he held it for 10 years. He was the champ for about a decade. You can look that up, too. You've questioned I'll me twice already. You've already questioned me twice today, and I've been right the first time. But 
So he held the belt for about 10 years. We'll go with that. And you get, you, you get used to that kind of thing. And uh, to have it taken away and humbled like that, and someone says, hey, man, someone bailed out. You want to get your title back? Yeah, I mean, it's also because McGregor did. you damn McGregor right. A champion would want his belt back. He would see somebody with them, and he wins, at least give them a shot. He never, he'll never get a redemption fight of McGregor. And I think his ghost, he's always going to be fighting for the rest of his career. Because that's going to, that would haunt me. You know, this great fighter, all these title fences. I go to the 13 seconds, get popped, and I never, even if he gets back to the belt level, McGregor's never coming back down to 140. Never is. Yeah, well, he's never coming back down to 145. I will say this. As much as I was just giving Aldo credit, if you want to just back that up a little bit to what happened, um, he had pulled out of the fight once before with McGregor and pulled a bunch of played a lot of games, if you want to just call it that, played a lot of games. They did two world tours on that hyping that fight, hyping it, hyping it, hyping it. Aldo pulls out, hype it some more, hyping it more world tours, and then, uh, and then he gets knocked out in 13 seconds. Now... I would like to see it again personally. That'd be cool, maybe in like you know my basement. But as a national or an international sell, that just doesn't market, man. You just you just don't do that, man. It just you know he he kind of fucked himself on that one, if that makes sense. So I'll I'll discredit him on that, but I will credit for him for taking this fight in Detroit in early December, and I think this would be pretty cool. So now you can talk about the undercard if you'd like. Well, no, I, on the main event, I was gonna say I think I was gonna kind of build up to it. You know, I like to build the main event, but sure. With Jose Aldo, like we said, he's a, he's a great fighter. And I think that's part of the reason he took this fight on short notice is he's going, hey, I had Max Holloway preparing for Frankie Edgar, who's known for his amazing wrestling and his quick boxing jabs in and out and is moving around a lot to confuse you, where Aldo's a different type of fighter where maybe he's thinking... Maybe I'll catch him off guard even though he's trained for me once before because I've learned things from the first fight and I've kind of shored up those weaknesses now and now I'm going to get this chance. I'm going to get my belt back and then I'm back on top and then who am I going to fight? Probably Frank Edgar who all those already beat twice. I agree. He might win. I don't know. I'm just saying in, in, in Holloway's defense, you know, he has fought him before so even though it's short notice, he, he does remember how to beat him and, and what to do. And, and I know things can change, but I mean, I just playing the devil's advocate, but I agree. Um, so with that, we've kind of explained more than people probably even know about this fight, but I'll make a prediction myself did, and say uh, Holloway's going to win. He, it was only six years that he held the title, but it was 10 fights. So I thought he was undefeated for like 10 years. Maybe. Oh, he might've been undefeated for 10 years. Okay. Well, hold yeah, the- but it took a while before he got to the UFC. Well, no, that, that counts when you started the WEC. He was the, uh, he, Mike, he, he didn't lose for 10 Mike years. Brown. I could have swore I heard that. You know, but no, it doesn't right. matter. Um, it was 10. His last his loss for McGregor was in 2005, so he was undefeated for 10 years. I'll pick Holloway. I got Holloway just, I think Aldo might be over that hill. Just in life, he's, he's a great fighter. Like we just said, undefeated for 10 years, but... He's already lost to him once. I get the uh, short notice thing, but they know each other. It just, I think Holloway just has more in the tank because he's younger. Joe, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Holloway just because uh, it sounds like you guys know what you're talking about. And because you're both from Hawaii, is that why? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm not from Hawaii, man. What the fuck? <laughs> no, he, he's from Hawaii. You live there. I just thought it'd be a funny thing. Oh, okay. To say. Yeah, yeah, no. He, sure. rep, he reps how, how Hawaii. But yeah. Joe's kind of like me on the college segment, just kind of standing off this one. But with that being said, Joe, we're going to wrap the show up with your idea. I want you to explain it. 
to the oh, listener. Before we go to um, Joe's idea, Tony has to make his prediction on the pick, and I got something to talk about. Fighting oh, I thought Tony already picked Holloway. I am I am gonna pick Holloway. Okay, that was a tease. Joe's got something to say. A little I, bit. I think he. I was gonna say because I think he's younger and he's definitely on the rise. And also, real quick, co-main events: Francis and Ganu, Alistair Overeem, heavyweight oh, yeah. slugfest. That should be a great one. You got Henry Cejudo, Sergio Pettis. Okay, now we're talking about Eddie Alvarez, just Justin Gaethje. That should be another slugfest. You're looking at some knockouts in Detroit on Saturday, baby. All right, Tony, if the mute button wasn't behind me, you would have gotten it during that segment. But, uh, yeah, so talking about fighting, there is going to be a Creed 2. Uh, if you didn't see Creed 1, go watch it. But it's uh, the continuation of the Rocky franchise. Super Save. Isn't it got, like, Drago in there's it? There's a shot. It's going to be Adonis Creed versus Ivan Drago's son. Uh, they have it. The only people built so far in IMDb are Sylvester Stallone. Adonis Creed and maybe Dolph Lundgren. So we don't have his son yet, but there is a fake movie poster circulating in which Super Sage Northcutt... How could I forget about that? That's my man crush. set up to play the son of the Russian hammer, Ivan Drago. And if you look at the poster, the way they did with the airbrushing, he looks just, just like Drago. Could you pull that up for me I, just for my own male status? Yeah. I'll I gotta look this up now. What the heck? Yeah, I can't believe you haven't seen it, Joe. It's going to be crazy. Yo, I figured you would have like already known about this because you're like so balls deep into Rocky, but yeah. You know, dude, Super Sage Northcutt is the man before this. Then now you, this you is even better. You don't have to be a great actor to play the Russian. You, I would break you. I just want to see old Michael B. Jordan out there running around in them fucking snowy hills. We got to have a Pull burning heart song. Pull up that picture. I'm working on it right now, but what do you guys think about that? I hope somebody's listening, and because of this I think, podcast, I think that's, they cast the man. He's already going to get the part, man. I think he's the perfect fit for the part. He looks just like him. He's built uh, built like concrete. He's tough as nails. Um, he's got the genetic makeup. He's my yeah, man. Holy he's, moly. He's he does my, look like him. He's my man crush. Are you looking at the picture? Yeah, I'm, look, well, I'm, looking at, uh, I'm looking at him before a fight, and then there's like Ivan Drago, and they already look alike. I haven't seen. Okay, oh, holy moly! Yeah, dude, he's a he's a carbon copy. He's the young. He's, not a carbon. he's the carbon copy. He's a young. He's a two point of Drago. He's, he's gonna get the part. Copy. He's gonna get the point. He's gonna get the part. He's uh he's the man, dude. He's the nicest kid you'll ever hear talk. He's got nothing bad to say about anybody else. He's part of Team Alpha Male now, and um, he's coming off a win just recently. He's undefeated in his true weight class at 155. The only reason he lost is at 170 because he had some um, staph infection issues and some um, tonsillitis things going on, but he's undefeated at 155. He's only 22 years old, I believe, maybe 21. He's young. He was the youngest fighter in the UFC at one point, and he's also going to be the next fucking Drago, so he's a badass motherfucker. If he dies, he dies. Super Sage Northcutt, I hope you get the part. We're promoting you on this podcast. You're the man. Shout out to Team I know Alpha Male. Not real fighting, but there's a part of us that love those fucking movies. Oh, dude, Joe, Joe's the biggest Rocky fan I know. Wait, you said it wasn't real? Um, Creed Two, <laughs> they haven't casted uh, the part of Drago's son. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying something. He's making a joke, Gerard. Don't you have a sense of? Do you have Aspergers? Sorry, I always Whoa. thought that was real life, but cheap you're shot. you're over there. That's a cheap yeah, shot by me. Gerard has Aspergers. <laughs> She doesn't get jokes. Uh, you know, they actually, the DSM Volume 5, maybe, declassified Asperger's is no longer a mental illness. It is not Carlin's at uh, It's just being autism, weird. So you just... Socially awkward. Yeah. You're just a little bit on the spectrum. And don't get Rocky jokes. Yeah. I mean, this, that's oh, okay. Philly's real. Philly thinks Rocky's real. He is real. 
Right, Joe? He eats real raw he eggs. Is, he's real. No, he's a real person. He's God damn it. The Red Wings just lost in overtime. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, no, Rocky's, Rocky's definitely a real person. Uh, the Red Wings are real. They just lost. They fucking pissed me off. Um, you know, that's all. That's all life goes, I guess. You can't pull the fucking lead. All right, just yeah. Joe. To to end things, I want you to just say, I hope that Sage Northcutt gets the part. No, I, I do too. That actually looks like pretty awesome. Pretty awesome uh, go at it. I mean, who else are you gonna pick? Come on, man. Yeah. No, yeah, it, lo- it looks like a pretty probably easy some decision, actor man. we've never heard of. I mean, Super no, Sage never acted, lo- but neither did Dolph. No, Lundin. Super Sage. No, I'll tell you what about Super Sage. He's done about twenty commercials. Um, some some of what this way. Yep, yeah, he's in a lot of like. He's, he's gone national. Well, dude, it's not like he has to act that much. I mean, look how much. Yeah, Ivan there's Drago only a few lines. He just has to look the part, which he does. Already. He's done a bunch of commercials. He's got credentials. He, he qualifies for the job, and he's going to get it, in my opinion. And I support that in this podcast yeah. from RSF. One thing I will say to Frank when he said that Super Sage is a super nice guy. That's one thing that you hear from everybody. He's like one of the most polite guys. That like, he goes to these other gyms and he's like super polite, doesn't try and hurt dude. I don't care what kind there. of guy he is. Put him in, put him in Creed two and let's go. Ring it up. You could just say I agree with Frank's point, but uh, we're getting to our. This is a brand new segment. Woo! Joe invented it. This is his uh, pet project. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't suck. Out to scale. <laughs> so I came up with this new segment, boys, and it's called "Fuck You, Man." All right, and it's not—it's not to be, you know, too derogatory, and it's also not meant to insult anybody. But the point of the segment is if, is to find an athlete who is just dominant at the pro level, like the top, the top level of uh, whatever sport. Um, but the thing is, he didn't start playing that sport until later in life, to where his a lot of the other people that are very good at a sport have been doing it their whole lives. So there's, there's, you know, there's no wonder they're so good at it. But today's player. Ziggy Ansa, I got, I got this for uh, I got this for Frank here. So Frank, this one's for you. Tremendous. Um, and a little bit of background on him. Went to went to BYU. Thing with him is he didn't start playing football until his sophomore year of college. Um, went to BYU, didn't start playing until his sophomore season. Uh, you think okay, you know a guy's never played football until his sophomore year of college. He's probably just there to fill in a spot or anything. Uh, nope, not the case. Ends up getting drafted. Fifth overall in the 2013, or maybe it was 2012, uh, overall uh, draft. So fuck you, man. You didn't play football to your sophomore year of college. Uh, you're that much of a freak of an athlete that you just, you know, sacked the quarterback a million times. Yeah, no, this is a derogatory towards the guy. Like, fuck you can be interpreted in most uh, logical ways. It's like, fuck you, like, that's incredible. It's like somebody who wins the lottery, like, fuck off, that's sweet, you're fucking rich. You can say, because most athletes do put in work their whole life. They just work at one sport their whole life. Ziggy Ansah, God knows what he did when he was in Africa growing up. I thought he went to BYU on a track scholarship, though. He, I know he was playing basketball at one point, and then he just, oh, I'll pick up football as a sophomore. His first reps as a football player were at 19 years old out in BYU. JPP did, like, the same, a very similar thing. future segments, so we're only talking about Anza. No, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that Joe brought it up, and I'm glad you also just said what you just did, because I was going to just blurt one out, but I have a really good one for whenever my turn comes up. I don't know how the order is going to go, but I have a really good one, a fuck you, man, for a freak athlete that just seems to, whatever he touch touches... Uh, seems to turn to gold, but um, but, but think, yeah. But, but think of it this way: I mean, yeah. you could say, okay, okay, he was a defensive end, and and uh, all he had to do was just get the quarterback, just be fast, be strong, and and go get it. Gets drafted fifth overall. But since being in the NFL, he's had 38 sacks, three fumble recoveries, 
Pro Bowl in 2015, and the Pro Football Writers Association All-Rookie Team in 2013. Fuck you, man. You didn't start playing football until you were a sophomore year in college, sophomore in college, and then you got all those fucking stats in the NFL. That's awesome. I some money on him knocking a certain number of sacks, the one year he had a bunch of sacks. I think, what was that, 10, and he finished with 14? I put some money that he didn't get to like 17 and a half. I'm just getting a little deja vu about this conversation before all the sacks he had that year in the deplorable. But yeah, fuck you, Ziggy. Also, you're cool, and I like your Hungry Howie's commercials. I also think Joe just might be a little butthurt because he wanted to be a pro football player and couldn't make it. Whoa. All There's right. my that cheap was... shot. I'm just kidding, Joe. You know I love you. All right. That was never the case. If anything, it'd be a You're pro doing the job you're meant to do. I think he you. wanted to be a Marine. Okay, okay, Tony. I'm glad you've known me all the, you know, for over 20 years yeah, and thought I wanted to play in the NFL. Player, I know. He wanted to be a hockey player, oh, Marine. Do ya? Good one, Tony. Once again, I said it was a yeah. fucking joke. God damn. Hey, that's good. You know what's not a joke? Alcoholism. No, you know, t- we always want to go. the first drink I've had in months. Yeah, we can tell. No, but freak. Uh, no. Only a 16 year old on prom night. God. We, uh, we always want to go out with a bang, but uh, that wasn't necessarily a bang, but it was definitely a, a loud bust sound, right? It was a bust. So. But to, no. just, just overall, I just want to say, Ziggy. I don't, I don't know how high expectations were for you. You had high potential. You definitely filled it out. You're a tremendous athlete. It takes just a pure athlete to do what you did. Uh, so one, fuck you, man. Two, awesome job on so far a successful career. Oh, yeah. I, Ziggy I got one was definitely. Preparing and uh, taking care of that segment, Joe. That was a good job. I got one for next week or, or any other week that my my name's called. I got one already on the top of my head. So, Yeah, no, I was going to say uh, Ziggy Ansa was drafted really high. Was he, Tony? But the thing was, it was it was considered a bad pick at the time because he was drafted on pure. No, it wasn't. He was drafted on pure potential. Slavering. All right, you guys get to the pay the pills. Tony, just making up things now. He picked. He was picked high. All, All right. right. Like I said, fifth overall. Tony, let's see if you can yeah. pull yourself together and pay the bills. I can pull myself together and pay the bills. <laughs> What's our website? Our website is revolutionarysportsfront.com. Now touch, our Facebook? Now touch your nose Facebook. and spin around. Touch your nose and walk a straight line. <laughs> And what time is your AA meeting tonight? <laughs> no, but I just make my game of COD tonight a little interesting. All right, Tony, pay the fucking bills, seriously. But yeah, as we were saying, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front. Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast. Instagram is Revolutionary Sports Front. We have a YouTube with content coming soon. We've already set the website, and you can email the show directly at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos. Take the beer.